0: Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Air Raid Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and as always, you can follow me on my personal Twitter, On Air with Mike, and follow the show on Twitter, Air Raid underscore podcast, for all the latest news in regards to the show and sports and just life in general, so definitely give both accounts a follow. I am very interactive on Twitter, and I will be glad to interact with you throughout the week and during the show. So, today is is launch. We're launching one more platform. We are going to be launching YouTube. YouTube launches today. There will be a first video, mainly just of what the show and what the channel is going to be about. Nothing fancy until my equipment comes in, hopefully before April. But, in the meantime, it will have to do for now. But again, Air Right Attack Podcast is now officially live on YouTube Give us a a subscribe, and I will post all the links in the description of this podcast once this podcast is concluded. As always, you can listen to us on Anchored.fm. Download the subscribe and download the podcast on Apple and Google, as well as Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify, And then later on tonight, I'll get everything set up for TuneIn, as well as a few others once they are approved. But we will be talking first things first. Major League Baseball spring training way underway now as we conclude the first, almost the first week full of spring training. And nothing nothing but bad news, unfortunately, for the New York Yankees so far early in the spring training. Of course, James Paxton out for two or three months. Out for two to three months. Luis Severino, the biggest heart, the biggest blow to the rotation. Out the entire 2020 season with Tommy John surgery. So you have Garrett Cole. Here's now the front three. You have Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, and J.A. Happ. That should be enough, I would imagine, to get them through the early part of the season. And if James Paxson recovered from, of course, back surgery and Dominion Gurman... Eligible to rejoin the Yankees roster after his suspension, of course, of last year. But this year will be June the 5th, which is when he can return to the Bronx. The team may not need to look, in my opinion, to an outside. There's a good chance Brian Cashman, the general manager, may not make a trade. He may he may try to wing this rotation until at least, hopefully, Hermann comes back and Paxton is healthy enough to, to return from back surgery. And, of course, with the back surgery, we all know how that can or cannot, it can go either way. So, of course, you have Mike King, uh, I'm a huge fan of. You got uh, Devi Garcia, a young kid out of, in the AAA. And, of course, Jordan Montgomery, I think, will be one of the starting rotation pitchers. I think you'll see a lot of Montgomery, uh, especially this year in the early part of the season. But again, you always want to say who is your top five or your top four, your top three, whatever the case may be, in regards to the Yankees trying to make a move in regards to pitching. Uh, I think you could easily say that probably biggest target would be Robbie Ray out of the Diamondbacks, a left-handed pitcher. He could easily be entertained as a number two starter. Uh, Ray is actually in his final year of his contract with the Diamondbacks. He's 28 I don't know if what the asking price would be. More than likely, I would imagine young pitching in return. It's a high risk reward for the Yankees. Not you know, in regards to you get a great pitcher at a Robbie, but you're gonna have probably have to unload some pitching to Arizona. And the reward could be you may bite you in the rear end. You may not even re-sign with the Yankees next year. So again. I don't see Robbie Ray would fit the mold, but I don't see the Yankees going after him too much in regards to the rotation. I think the asking price is too much. Um another one I've read or heard of as well is Johnny Cueto, the right hander pitcher with San Francisco. He's been in, he's been unhealthy since the 2017 season. It's optimistic. My concern, he's 34. He's got a few years left. He's only made 13 starts in the last two seasons due to injury. In the next two seasons, uh, he'll be making around $22 million a season. But if you look at his contract in 2022, he has a $5 million buyout. Again, just like Ray, Cueto's a huge gamble, but with a potentially huge payoff. Now the, it's possible that San Francisco would considering paying some of that salary, but of course to get a better prospect package, again I don't see. Now this one, my top three is Chris, Chris Archer, the right-handed pitcher with Pittsburgh. He knows the division he was from with Tampa Bay before he went to Pittsburgh. I could easily make you can easily make the argument that the Yankees could get Archer today. It's even possible that he may, um, that the Yankees still make a may make a run. If I can talk today, may make a run with for the Pirates' um, pitcher after a horrific 2019 season, in which he gave up almost 5.2 runs a game, and a WHIP of 1.41. Now, the good news was for Archer is that his strikeout rate is in line with his career norms, which is roughly about 40 percent. Think it's about thirty-nine point six four somewhere in that time in that ballpark. In other words, for the Yankees, the analytics—if you—if you're—if you're you're huge on analytics—it would have plenty to work with. Archer has a very modest contract; he's only due nine this year, next year with a club option of eleven for twenty twenty-one. But of course, as we all know, he was acquired in the twenty eighteen trade from Tampa Bay. He could easily be a prime sub um, subject for the Yankees. And we'll see from there where that goes as we head into more of this, more into the spring training schedule as we approach the opening day here. Less than a month for some, a little over a month for others. Notable mentions, you could go, I don't know if Matt um, Garner, has been re-signed. I don't know. You could make a run for that. You could go. My opinion. I like what the Yankees have in the minor leagues. In our farm system. I'm really not pulling the plug on anybody. I, I, I As much as I would enjoy seeing another experienced pitcher. I really like what the Yankees are bringing. In regards to the farm system. Uh, Notable mention, I guess you can go after Caleb Smith, the Marlins talent. He's only 28. He's going to be, he's eligible for salary arbitration Uh, this year. He's coming off of his, what I would consider his breakthrough season last year. He's more of a back-end option. Again, he's, the best part is he's under contract through 2023, which is more compared to the other options is he's more than just a rental for just, this season and of course me as a yankee fan if you're a fan of baseball in general we all remember 2 years ago Giancarlo Stanton who we'll talk about here in a second was traded from the Marlins to the New York Yankees in the Bronx again we could easily you can make the case the Yankees may need pitching I like Jordan Montgomery I like Garcia I don't see um for many of you may Garcia is our best prospect. Uh he's currently in the Wilkes barre Scranton team, which is our triple A team. And so we are easily I could easily see him getting some starts this year. But time will tell. Um but again I I like our I like our pitching. I like our I mean overall I love our I love our farm system. I think it's got improved throughout the last few years Clark Smith he's right now currently with Trenton uh, you could see him going up to Wilkes-Barre I say he could easily be up there I don't know if he's going to make it to the big league this year but 2021 I would imagine Smith could easily be in that be in that running Albert Abreu could easily be up there another young stud out of Trenton Uh Louis Luis Gil, uh, could easily be in there, in the mix. We'll see how that turns out. But again, the Yankees, in regards to talent in the farm system, is top tier. That I, in my opinion, I'm not, and well, you're being biased. And that's totally understandable, and I respect that opinion. I absolutely do. I'm a diehard uh, pinstripe fan. Always will be. And um, always was, always will be. No way am I you know, changing that. But again... The farm system, I would imagine, would be our best uh, fit in regards to a replacement of Paxton and now of Severino. You could see Montgomery, how that p- folds out. You could see um, Jonathan Luizga. I don't know how to say his last name, but that's close enough to it. You could easily see Garcia now. Like I said, Garcia, you could easily see in the mix the best prospect of the 2020 season for the New York Yankees. He's only 20, and uh, the right-hander, so we'll see. We will see how this goes in regards to the 2020 season, but we're still, we're, I mean, we're, we've only played four games into the, into the spring training season, so it's only, only too early to tell. Um, impressions from the Yankees camp, I have not watched any, but um, what I'm reading is there's a lot of a lot of talent. Of course, we're going off of James Paxton. He's back surgery. You got Luis Severino now. Tommy John surgery. Uh, Aaron Judge is having some right shoulder soreness right now. Giancarlo Stanton has a um, grade one right calf strain. He's questionable to opening day. We'll see how that turns out as we get closer. Of course, um, the young, the impressive young. I like Labor Torres. Uh, breakout year last year, he's getting a lot of, from what I've heard, he's getting a lot of play at shortstop. DJ Lemayu, I don't you know, see anything different out of that. Gary Sanchez, if you look at the before and after, he's got some muscle in. He's got some built. Miguel... Miguel, um, Miguel, I can't think of his last name. But again, Anduar, uh, there we go. Anduar, uh, can he come back healthy from a season that he ended on the injury? low? we'll see. Again, the Yankees are built in talent. This team could easily be dynasty written all over them. But it's still, we'll see. You got to get the first championship, and then we'll talk about that afterwards. But again, Breaking news, Giancarlo Stanton questionable for opening day. Calf, a grade one right calf strain. And uh, pretty much it was sustained during the injury, um, during performing defensive um, defensive uh, workouts and so on and so forth. And we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. Of course, I know Luis Severino, I'm sure, is disappointed in regards to how his twenty twenty season started and ended, I know he started the he started with soreness in his arm and now it leads to the end of his season. But again, calf strain for Giancarlo Stanton. Um opening days now in jeopardy. We'll see exactly when that time we'll see how he is on March twenty sixth, opening day for the Yankees as a take on um Baltimore. But of course, you know, Aaron Boone, and I agree with Aaron Boone. You know when Aaron Boone's practically stated it's disappointing because you want to get the guys going and built up. And um but again, let's recall that. Let's recall last year the Yankees had a lot of injuries, especially in the pitching, especially in the in the infield, the outfield. All around the Yankees had some issues last year with staying healthy. Aaron Boone probably did by far one of the best jobs anybody could have done. With the Yankees in regards to injuries, calling up um, players that really didn't have much of experience, you know, Clint Fraser from time to time did well. Mike Talkman, the left fielder, did pretty well coming up last year. Of course, um, Mike Ford, I really still am a huge fan of. I still will make my bold prediction saying that he will start first base, whether that's opening day or a few days afterwards, and to become the permanent. First baseman for the New York Yankees. We'll see. But again, the Yankees are built in talent, um, talent galore. And again, it's all about, all about um, building up. You gotta, you gotta improve week in, week out. And we'll see what the Bronx can do throughout the spring training. But again, we haven't, we haven't even concluded the first week of spring training. So we will. Once we get there, once we get closer to March 26th, and we're now officially a month away from opening day, and uh, and we'll see what the Yankees can do throughout the spring training. Tim Tebow uh, made headlines, of course, his first at-bat in spring training, and he homered, and also Tim Tebow will represent Team um, the Philippines in the 2021 World Baseball Classic first qualifier game Against the Czech Republic. March 20th. And um, we'll see. We'll see how, t- how Tim does. In that. In regards to the World Baseball Classic. And he's. You know. I believe he's lower to mid 30s now. So again. I think for him. Anytime he can get some extra playing time in. He's going to. See if he can't. Maybe get up to big leagues. Just for a few. Uh, Tim's a great guy. You know. Wish them all the best with Denver. Of course, it did work out with us here in the Mile High. But again, we'll see how that works out for Tim with New York and the Team Philippines in the World Baseball Classic. Not much to talk about today. There's not much. Oklahoma coming off a 65-51 win over. Texas Tech, a much needed win if you, if you are a Sooner fan like I am, a much needed win for for the Sooners of Oklahoma. Um, they really needed that win, not securing them by any means the NCAA berth, but it does help. It does help. They beat 22nd ranked Texas Tech last night at the Chesapeake Energy Arena. That is not their normal, of course, their normal arena that they play at, but. They, nonetheless, they got the win, they go to West Virginia this weekend, another huge matchup against another top 25 team, we'll see, we'll see how that turns out, Oklahoma City Thunder, another great win last night in Chicago, 124-122, the Thunder's rolling, the Thunder's absolutely rolling, this is a team that, if you want to look at us from top to bottom, Chris Paul... Great leader. I think he's really stepped up and took the role as, as being a mentor to a lot of young players that Oklahoma City has. You could see you could see this team being in action a lot. What will the Thunder do during the offseason? We'll see. But for now, if you're a Thunder fan, I've been to the Peak on Saturday night. No, Sunday night. My bad. Sunday night, I was at the Peak. Uh, great atmosphere. I mean, the Peak, if you've never been there's a must-go to the Chesapeake Energy. Well, if you ever come to Oklahoma City, I might add, Oklahoma City in general, there's a lot to do, a lot being built. You know, not just in sports-wise, but you got, you know, of course, the Oklahoma Memorial, Bobby Memorial downtown, the Oklahoma City Zoo, which is one of the top five in the country. You got, I mean, there's, just, you got the River Sports downtown. You got Bricktown, you got the scissor tear park, the, the street car, the canals. You got, oh my God, I mean, there's so much to do down here. So much. But again, Oklahoma City, top tier in regards to the Thunder. And it all started with New Orleans once the uh, Hurricane Katrina back in the mid-2000s hit. I think really took off for Oklahoma City. And so how that planned out We'll see in the future how Oklahoma City does. But, again, Oklahoma City 124-122 win over the Bulls. Up next for the Thunder is the Kings, I believe, tomorrow night. Uh, I'm looking at the standings right here. And I mentioned, I believe, two nights ago on my podcast that the Thunder... Let me see. That the Thunder... There we are. There's a division. Milwaukee clinches the playoffs berth, by the way. They're nine games out of the first seed. Let's be honest. They're not going to catch the Lakers. That's not. Unless something magical happens, they're not going to catch the Lakers. And that's perfectly fine. You look at them, they could easily be a third seed. They're not too far back from the Clippers. Clippers uh, in third. They're a six and a half back of the Lakers. The Thunder nine. Houston, Utah. I mean, there's a huge gap from three. There's not a huge gap from three to six. Heck, there's not even a huge gap from three to seven. Memphis has pretty much solidified themselves at the eight. Then Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, Sacramento, and Phoenix, I would imagine, will be the teams battling out for the eighth seed. I don't think Dallas. I think Dallas could either be the six, to seven, or the five, or even the four. I mean, again... Dallas isn't far out. I think the highest is four, pushing it with the three. But again, Dallas isn't far out. The Thunder isn't far out. There's a lot of basketball. I mean, a lot of basketball still left to be played. We're almost, you know, we're barreling in on the, on the season. But again, and even in the East, on the East, uh, Eastern Conference, Milwaukee humongous lead. Uh, I think Toronto's second. You got Boston at third. Those two are going to probably battle out for the two seed. And there's a pretty decent gap from three to four. And then from four, looks like with four to six, there's a pretty close gap. And then from that, you're battling that for seventh and eighth seed. They're going to battle that out. But again, we're starting to get um, playoff spots. We're starting to get them to where we are finally getting... Everybody's separated. And when you talk divisions, Milwaukee, of course, won theirs pretty easily, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Uh, Toronto, Boston, you know, that's a close race. Miami's starting to pull away in the Southeast Division. And then you got the Thunder. They're four back. They're four back, 36-22. and 22, And a lot of basketball still left to be played. I mean, four back is close. I mean, that's... That's close, and so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But a great win for the Thunder, a great win for the Sooners. Excuse me. Um, it's just a time. It's a slow sport. It's it's a slow time in sports right now. Um, but let's go to the NFL rumors. Philip Rivers sounds like it could easily be in Indianapolis. We'll see how that plays out. That's an interesting rumor. I think he could easily be a great mentor to um, to whether they draft another quarterback in the in the draft or Brissett. Um, again, Philip Rivers isn't a bad. His age is going to catch up to eventually, and it has in, in Los Angeles. So, if that was to happen, I could see Rivers and the Colts would be an immediate favorite to make a run. A deep run in the playoffs, assuming that what they do in the in the offseason. Now, reports of Tom Brady. Sounds like it's down to Tennessee and Oakland will be the two teams. Whether or not New England's out of the mix, I don't know. But you got the Raiders who's willing to pay him 30 mil for two seasons. You know, you looking at two for sixty. I don't know what the offer is for the Titans. In regards to uh, Tom Brady. I don't know if if New England even in the mix now at this point. I don't. I don't know if Tennessee is I mean if New England's in the mix and so on and so forth. We'll see how that plays out. But um kind of slow time right now. We are getting close to the NFL Combine this week and it's starting to shape up out of that way. Now, <clears throat> here's a thought, and I'll, and I'll tweet this out later on. Here's a thought in regards to the number one overall pick. And of course, Cincinnati. Odds are that, he's, that they're going to draft Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU, the uh, quarterback that them into an undefeated and a national championship uh, this past season in the college football ranks. Where could we do... Here's what could be interesting. If you're Cincinnati, do you prepare for the future? What I mean by that is, do you want to get more out of this number one pick, or do you just want to realize that Joe Burrow is going to be a franchise quarterback, the face of the franchise here in probably next year or two? Do you think that's an option, or do you think? I mean, here's here's where I'm going with this. If I'm Cincinnati. I'm easily going to see who want, who's in the really, really, really wants Joe Barrow. Burrow, and not only do I want your first round this year, but you can easily ask for a first round next year. You can easily get maybe a, another second round pick, maybe. The asking price is going to be too high, I, so high that I think if you really, really, really want to build this team for the future, do you pull that trigger? Are you Detroit? Detroit, you know, listen to the Time to BS podcast. I'm the host I'm the co-host. And, you know, I do that with Dan. We talked about this. Dan says no. I say yes. I say it's time to move on from Matthew Stafford. Time to move on. So again, do you if you're Detroit, do you make the move? What's the asking price? For Cincinnati and that number one pick, we'll see. Will Cincinnati make the move? Me personally, I would. My offer would be not only are we going to swap the first pick in the first round, and no, I'm not going to go one to twenty one, or one to fifteen, or one to ten. You're going to have to. depending on who you are. You're going to have to be at least a top seven depends on who Cincinnati wants and what they want to get. By far the best player in this year's draft is not going to be the number 1 overall pick, pending if Cincinnati does in does in fact go after Joe Burrow. Now, do you go after Tua? I think Tua in the long run He's been cleared by the doctors, no blood loss, no blood flow loss. Everything's fine. Do you work out Tua a lot? So come in the war in the green room, in the war room. Andre on, on day 1 of the draft, do you decide is it Tua? Is it Joe? Quarterbacks this year is deep. Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State, now being mentioned potentially top 15, if not top 10. Justin Herbert, easily top fifteen, uh, top 10. I still think he'll go to, to Los Angeles with the Chargers. Jordan Love, I could easily see him in, in Las Vegas, assuming, and even if they do get Tom Brady. Tua. I could, I mean, again, you can see him going Sensi. Detroit, eventually he's going to have to go quarterback. Miami. Don't forget, though, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Next year. In fact, I'm going to look that up. Next year's Quarterback class. Don't go all in. You may have you're gonna you could potentially could have Trevor Lawrence. In my opinion, could easily be a number one overall pick. You got Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Even Let's look at the quarterback rankings. Thank you to walterfootball.com to give them credit. If you look at next year's quarterback class, assuming that everybody that's eligible to go into the draft declares and they do what they got to do, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Justin Fields. Sam Ellinger. At least. Sean Clifford from Penn State. I don't see him going top ten. But again, you got Costello from Mississippi State. He's an easily two to four round quarterback. Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, he can easily go from one to three in regards to rounds. Jamie Newman, the quarterback out of Georgia, could easily be first to third round. It's not as deep as this year's class, but again. Do you wait to Trevor, Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jake Fromm, Drake Fromm, I'm a huge fan of, and do not be surprised if New England makes a move to get Jake's services in New York. Or in New England, my bad. In New England. That is a Bill Belichick quarterback system right there. Jacob Eason, the quarterback out of Washington. You can easily see him in second and third round. Jalen Hurts. Quiet quarterback. He's not playing. He's under the radar Out of Oklahoma. Projected to go anywhere from third to the fifth round. Is he a project quarterback? If he's going to be drafted in the third round, he better be. He better be a project quarterback, and you better stick with him if you're going to eventually move him into a starting position of your franchise. If I'm Denver, I'm not interested in any quarterbacks. John Avery made that clear today and during this week at the combine media days. Drew Locke has it factor. I don't see Denver making any any moves at quarterback in regards to the draft. And if they do, it may be a Jalen Hurts fifth, sixth round. It may be a Shea Patterson fifth, sixth, seventh round. It could, let's say it could be, oh, I don't know, it could be I'm trying to think of a quarterback that you would't okay Jacob um, Jacob Nip, if you've seen him in Northern Colorado play, it could be him, you know, Kelly uh, Kelly Bryant at Missouri, the former Clemson Tiger. Quarterbacks like that, sixth, seventh round, you know, Anthony Gordon uh, out of Washington State. It could be a Case Cookus out of uh, Cookus out of Northern Arizona. Quarterbacks like that. I don't see Denver going quarterback with Jalen Hurts. Depends on what you want to do with him and how you want to use him. It could be a quarterback kind of like a wildcat formation, even though that formation starting to fizzle. Somewhere in the goal line. In the red zone. But for me personally, I'm a huge Bronco fan. I say don't even draft. Don't even waste a pick on quarterbacks. Don't even remotely pick a quarterback. You're looking at running backs. And running back for even next year. Um, Chuba Chuba Herbert. Out of Oklahoma State, I would imagine be a first-rounder. Kennedy Brooks out of Oklahoma could make a run by middle of the draft, though. The draft of the running backs next year isn't great. I'm sure the kid out of uh, Clemson, Travis, um, uh, boy, I can't think of his last name, but I'm sure he, he's going to be the top tier. But this year, it's going to be ran by the defense and their wide receivers and the quarterbacks. But we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. Um, Denver, I still expect to make a move. I, I, I do. I think Denver makes a move in regards to trading up to get a receiver. Drew Locke still needs a receiver, even though the biggest need is the offensive line. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited, I'm excited, football's almost here, the XFL's doing well, we'll see how that pans out in week 4 of this week We're almost at the halfway point, ratings weren't great last week The fans are still filling the stadium, but the ratings were not great Of course, we'll see Broncos are hoping to of course with Justin Simmons. Hopefully, they can get a long-term deal. Otherwise, Airway has expressed that he's going to use a franchise tag. And let's remember, last thing on Denver, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. But last thing with Denver is this team was four losses away, which was four games that was loss of three points or less or four points or less. And this team easily would have been in the playoffs, and I cannot predict how they would have done because we don't know. We don't know. You lose at the end to Chicago by a field at the last field goal attempt. That play should never counted. Jacksonville, Indy all at the end of the field goal. Game winning field goals. Cult of the Vikings, you blew a twenty three point lead in Minneapolis and you lose by four. This team's not bad. You just cannot start 0 4 and try to make a playoff run towards almost a fourth of your se- Almost three-fourths into your season left. John Elway has got this. He, he, he knows what he's doing. I've, you know, there has been some bad decisions. But again, he knows what he's doing. Vic Vanju I'm a huge fan of. We'll see. We'll see what Denver does. Do they re-sign uh, Chris Harris? What's his asking price? Derek Wolfe, Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, uh, Ronald Leary. Do they keep him or do they let him go? I would imagine. I would say, use what you can, free agent market, and go after your offensive line. That's a huge, biggest up. I would imagine using that than you would anything else. Free agency wise. But we'll see. We will see. Um sooner football, uh, April eighteenth, spring spring game in Norman. Looking forward to that. We'll see how that plays out. And we'll see. It's just not right now. There's not a not uh, of not a lot going on. Not a lot going on. Um but the Giants do part ways with linebacker Alex uh, Alec Ogletree that will clear them 10 mil as we head into this upcoming um, combine and this upcoming offseason. So, we'll see. We shall see. Nonetheless, we will see. As always, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Anchor.fm to listen. Download and subscribe our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as listen to us on Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. We will be launching TuneIn. I'm going to get all that set up hopefully tonight. If not, it will be this week. And we are will be live on YouTube, so subscribe to us on YouTube. All that information will be, um, will be handed out there here in the next few days or so. But as always, I appreciate you guys. Follow me on Twitter on Air with Mike, and follow the show Air Raid underscore Podcast. And once we get more sports going, it's gonna be more to talk. It'll be more to talk. But right now, we're in a da- we're in a down downtime. But nonetheless, you guys are awesome. Follow us on Twitters uh, on Air with Mike Air Raid underscore Podcast. And of course, as always, you guys are awesome. I love you. Stay cool, take care, and I'll see you soon.